Welcome to the Daily Ramble, courtesy of the Rambling Viking himself, which is I, he is I, I am him, Sam I am. And I'm your host, your producer, and your special guest, Rambling Viking. Don't forget, please send all hate mail to 1001 Vantage Street. Uh, but if you're on the other end of that spectrum, you like me, don't forget to go to patreon.com slash the rambling viking and look at how you can have a say in my show, in the show, or even be on the show if you are willing to give just a little bit. Or maybe you're just crazy and be like, I, this guy's funny, I'll give him a dollar. <laughs> you know, kind of like some of those guys, like, ah, the effort, like, or you. you respect him for this thing and then it's like yeah i'll give you I'm willing to give that a dollar <laughs> i think we've all had those moments we're seeing someone it's like they're not really talented but you're like i respect the grind here here's a dollar and you know like the street performers or whatever like in spain i saw um what essentially was fat spider-man so it was, it was spider-man but it was spider-man in his <laughs> middle age past his prime when he wants to go make a public appearance after he's been in retirement for five or ten years. <laughs> this guy was probably six foot, six one, like 230, 40 pounds. Just not huge, but just big. Like, not what, not what you think of when you see Spider-Man walk around, like, you know, getting a couple bucks for people to get pictures with him. And it's like, you don't see that and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to go... Uh, oh look at Spider-Man these Spider-Man you don't you don't take a picture out of like awe and like shock and awe like wow that's really good it's really cool you take a picture out of like irony like oh look it's fat Spider-Man like that'd be a hilarious picture see but uh, either way it's a win-win and that's my entire philosophy on entertainment like uh, particularly when people people don't look at dancing most people are like oh, I, I can't dance I'm not a good dancer and I'm like sure you can I can dance I don't dance to impress you though you don't look at me and go wow that guy can do some cool stuff you go wow that guy is out of is out of his mind but it's hilarious and and boom next thing you know you're relaxed you're opening up and shoot you're dancing too so um both kind of come to a both endpoints are a positive one and i think either way you're entertained either you're in shock and awe or you're laughing your face off so there's that but i just wanted to come make this quick recording to let you guys know that today I went to make a couple audio notes on something, some ideas for today's episode that came to my mind, and they turned into 15-minute rants, um, and there's some background noise because my mic for my phone doesn't come in, so uh, I don't know if I can re-say them, re-record them. I might. I might not. We'll just have to see, but um, yeah, uh, either way, this is the intro clip for today's Daily Ramble, and what we are going to talk about is separating the creator from the creation um when it comes to viewing the when we notice creator's flaws so we're just going to kick things off i'm going to re-record those two notes and segments that i did earlier in the car there was just uh, i'm recording on my phone here because it's on the road and uh um, traveling back and forth and I ordered actually a little mic for my phone so I can be able to record this way but and have good quality but uh, testing the iPhone uh, when there's no road noise the actually the sound quality isn't actually isn't that bad 
So that's what we're going we're gonna to do here. So I apologize for not the normal quality that you're used to and the normal continuity uh, because I'm having to record the intro, but now I'm going to record the whole thing. So welcome to the Daily Ramble. Today's topic is separating the creator from his, his or her or their creation. Um, and what I mean by that is how many times we see nowadays where somebody founds or creates something or puts out a product and then on down the road, maybe even years or decades down the road, um, either something comes out that this happened or, or you, something happens in the moment, you know, say 15 years down the road, then they have incidences or, we, or you find out that, wow, these incidents have been happening all along or, you know, it was a building process and, uh, and then we look at that and say, well, I can't support that person and support that fundamentally bad, that flawed thing, that evil thing, whatever it may be. And so I have to give up whatever this product or service is. And I think right now the general idea is like every, you look at that and say, yeah, that's I mean, that's every time across the board, pretty clear cut, clean and dry. So why do I need to record an episode of a podcast about it? Well, I'll tell you why I need to. One simple reason. That it's, once again, always, I think, highly important, if not paramount, that you look at things as much as you can on an individual, case-by-case, contextual basis. And I've got a couple examples um, from, ironically, what I've been talking about a lot lately is just podcasts, subjects from podcasts that I have just listened to or recently listened to. So if you, those of you who are familiar with 30 for 30s, they have a podcast form and it's a little bit shortened form, but um, this season they just, normally it's like four episodes and they're all like add-ons to full 30 for 30s, but they're pretty good stuff. It's pretty cool. Well, this one is five parts and it's, uh, and, and it's all on the same thing. So it's Bikram. And uh, for those of you who don't know that name, which I really didn't, Bikram, really kind of brought the wave of yoga to the United States and popularized it, mainstream it, built a system for um, to, to have it widespread, not just nationally, but internationally and globally, ultimately. A little redundancy there. Don't, we won't worry about it, though. And he has this, you know, amazing story. He started in, like, the 70s or... Or so is when he came over to the United States and he has this amazing story where he grew up on the streets of Calcutta. He was super poor and then he came over here and he developed he developed this yoga program with these 26 poses. And it was essentially it's hot yoga because it's supposed to be in a hot room. So, you know, it's like 100 degrees or whatever and you're supposed to be sweating. And so it's really kind of hot yoga in a lot of ways. I know that for a lot of us, especially for those of us who live in places like Oklahoma who are always way behind the times... Or just, I'm not in that vein of society, so I'm not getting that pulse. Hot yoga is a relatively newfound thing for me, at least for being, I think, commonplace. Um, it's always been around in the bigger areas, the certain areas where that's where just yoga is more popular. Well, <clears throat> kind of to summarize this for you, he came over as this amazing stories, this amazing guru talked about how he fixed the president's leg in India and... He's worked with all these, he opened up in Beverly Hills, smartly so, and taught a bunch of celebrities, and then he started mainstreaming it, and then he made this teaching program, 
And he was, he was an interesting, different dude, but people were just enthralled with him. He was very charismatic. But at the same time, the whole, the whole time when they're, when they're talking about him, there's like these flashes of seemingly um, flashiness. Like, so they talk about how, how when he's running the, the teaching programs to, um, which is nine weeks, to teach the people, he'd walk in and normally all he'd wear for yoga class is just a black Speedo. But he'd have that on, he'd have his hair back in a bun, and then he'd have this big Rolex on his wrist. And so it, it, you kind of see a story of a man who comes preaching this ideology of these, you know, this, this guru, this yoga style, and he's saying he's so spiritual and he's free from all these earthly things, but yet he's, he drives a Rolls Royce and he does all, and he enjoys these luxuries. And so you kind of see a small, what I think is a small glimpse of that kind of poor man turned rich. And so you indulge yourself because you've never had these things. And so when you're poor, you idolize, I think you tend to idolize the materialistic a little bit more. And which isn't, it's not good or bad. It's just what it is, you know? And I think we all do that to an extent, but you really, really see it when he has it thrown at him and he's making $8 million a year from two nine week courses where 400 people come and they pay him $10,000. And it's just like, Whoa, (laughs) um, to be, to learn how to teach his style of yoga. Well, recently now Bikram yoga is kind of going bankrupt and is in complete shambles. He's out of the country. Um, because what came to fruition after years and years and years was, I think it was six gals, um, five of them claim rape, that he raped him, that he raped them, and then, uh, not the same time, and then one, sorry, fun fact, I like to try and turn my yawns and imagine them as like very, 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 very weak war cries, or like roars, so it's like, instead of being like, oh, it's like, like I pretend like, when you stretch and raise your arm, pretend like I'm holding an axe and like I'm leading a war cry, but it's like if it was a group of where the where the war cry was just like dampened and or muted <laughs> pretty much, where it's like super, super, super quiet. Like they just have it's this population of people that have super weak vocal cords. Anyways, it's a fun twist. I it's a weird fun twist that I of uh, way of looking at my yawns. Um it's how I make my yawns fun, but he um these allegations came out and it was kind of just basically what the Me Too movement is, is and it was all this all this stuff comes out and they interview a few of these girls on the podcast and it's it's actually kind of horrific what he's done, but it was kind of this unspoken thing where it's like people he did it and they would and they would excuse certain behaviors by him because oh that's just Bikram, oh that's just Bikram. And uh but but the real point I'm trying to get at here is what you what you end up getting to is so then it comes out that he he's raped some girls, he's sexually assaulted some people, like he's there's been a lot of misconduct on his part, and so it's it's like, oh, this guy's actually a bad person. So then that brings up the initial question which I talked about is separating the creator from the creation. Then you have this dialogue or this debate that comes up as you know, there's one guy, he's like, I've owned a studio since 2002 and this didn't come out until 2013. So, I mean, you're talking about over a decade and he's like, I'm in, he's like, I'm ingrained in the community now and I have a community, I'm successful. And he's, you know, and, and so what you kind of had a split where you had people saying, just separate, separate the yoga from the, from Bikram. So separate the creation from the creator because look at it, the, the yoga is not inherently good or bad necessarily. Like it's just, the yoga is just yoga. And you can get, and I think more than anything, it does a lot of good for people. It's amoral. 
And, but then the person who was teaching it and pushing it and where it came from, kind of the source, the creator of it all, Bikram, turns out to have, maybe he, I don't think he was necessarily, I don't think he was a great person coming into it because it turns out a lot of his origin story were lies. So he's definitely a pathological liar. And one of those guys where it's like, you don't know if he's telling the truth or not. But I, um, but nonetheless, I don't think he came into it that much of a predator. I think he grew into that position because with power and fame, a lot of times you see this is how many big power, powerful, famous people end up doing these reprehensible things because they get to a point where it's like you grow in this persona and you kind of can become a a narcissistic, egotistical person. And that's just what power and fame can do to you. If you're not careful, if you don't have the right support system set in place, it can really jack you up. Well, then you have people on the other side of it from, so you had the people saying separate the yoke from Bikram. And what that entitles, as long as you didn't, here's what I say. So in that instance, most, because most people look at this, be like, you can't do Bikram yoga. Like you should shut down your studios. You should quit practicing this yoga because it's evil. And I like to say, hold on, hold on. And I just like to think through things, you know, before I start saying bold statements like that. And what I would say is, hold on, let's look at it. What is the yoga done? Is it yoga, has it raped or assaulted people? I mean, it, it's it's almost as if, I don't think it was the yoga, and I don't think he came in saying, I'm going to create this yoga empire so I can be a sexual predator. I think it he morphed into that and grew into that. And I don't think he was a great person to start with. Now, the, I mean, hindsight now. But I don't think he was, you know, an absolutely terrible person coming into it. I don't think he, I don't think what he, where he ended up at was what where he started at but I think a lot of things happened in terms of his fame and his notoriety that eventually turned him into this man and he went unchecked with all of that fame but um one 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 interesting quote that kind of made me that, that sparked this whole thought process for me was listening to it one of the girls who it's a it's an awful awful story but um I think I think it happened to her twice um, she was raped by him and She's just talking about how she, like, she loved the yoga. It was amazing. Like, it was a part of her life that she enjoyed and helped. It helped her. But then after all this happened and and all the tell-all started, people started coming forward, she came to the conclusion of, she's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that this yoga is, like, I can't do this yoga because it's yoga from a rapist. Or this yoga was created by a rapist. And that brought up the question because that well, the implications of that statement kind of are, are saying that he's always been a rapist. He's always been a sexual predator, which may be true. But, and then he created this yoga and then he was, it, through this system, he was able to do his rape. And whereas I think it's more of a slippery slope scenario. It's baby steps and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you know, you end up, and you're raping and sexually assaulting. And I'm not sitting here saying he's a victim of uh, of anything. I, I mean, I think he's a victim of the corruption of, of power and fame, like a lot of people are. And I think he's a bad person. Because there are people that do it right, and there are people that screw up. And you see a lot more, you hear a lot more about the screw-ups, because people are doing it right, and that's no news there. Um, well, what I'm trying to get at is, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if that's a good way to word it and phrase it. Because... 
it's almost like this is rapist yoga. No, not necessarily. It's like he designed this yoga and he was kind of a pathological liar and wanted just wanted to be famous really. But this yoga actually did help people. And the yoga is good that he created. But then he, the fame that, that came from that yoga turned him in and that power so it grew that that evil seed grew took root and grew into this tree that then so you know it may have started smalls where he just was enjoying massages from women and things like that and then all of a sudden he realized oh i can get this and have whatever i want and it's just like the the power and the temptation is there and there's nothing to keep you in check and so you indulge yourself and I think that's where – so I th- I don't think he started as a rapist, but I think once he started practicing in that ma- manner and it kind of – and he became that predator, then yes, then it was a rapist. But she eventually came back to it, but I think the importance here is the separation. So I think I think it is A-OK to keep practicing that yoga if a couple things are, are present. A, I think you have to denounce and distance yourself from the company. So say, I don't think you could do the yoga in a place where your money is still going to him. If your money is still going to him, then yes, you are supporting that bad man. We shouldn't support that bad man. So denounce and it just the studio is self-sustaining and it's supporting itself that way. And the number two, take his name off of it because even if he's not technically getting money, if he's still getting the credit for this is Bikram Yoga, which... Then, then it's still kind of endorsing that. So I think changing that, switching that name up. And, and that's another question of, well, are people going to think the yoga is different? Just telling them this is, you know, people hopefully could understand that this is a move to distance ourselves from the bad part of this. Cutting, you're cutting out the dead, the dead tissue so that the good tissue can live kind of, you know, a lot of times if you have wounds or whatever and some of the tissue dies, that death will spread to all of your other tissue and then eventually you'll amputate, you know, say it starts in your wrist, you'll amputate from your elbow, but if you don't get to it, then you'll have to amputate, amputate from your shoulder and so on and so forth. But if you cut out the dead tissue and get it treated and, and, and have that live tissue, it'll rebuild and you can flourish again. And so that's kind of what this is, is I think you have to look at this situation. I think we, and I think this applies to all these situations. You have to look at the situation and, and assess where you stand. And now I'm not saying you're wrong if you you just don't feel comfortable and you're like, I'm not going to associate with this at all because of that bad man. Well, that's fine. But I also don't think – I don't think it's one-sided. You know, I don't think there's a right or wrong – I mean there is – I think there is a wrong answer. But I don't think it's – it's like if you still do the yoga, you're totally evil. It's like, hold on, look at the context of how you're still doing the yoga. And I think if you follow those, those two key steps, then, then morally you're okay. And because the yoga, like I said, the yoga is not bad. Separating the creator from the creation. And then uh, listening to another podcast today, it made me realize that this fits into the narrative that um, we're dealing with in a lot of ways here where people aren't proud of the – they look at the founding of America as an evil, deplorable thing where it's rich white men just wanting to secure their property, a.k.a. their slaves, when in actuality a lot of them were wealthy men, but they were actually risking everything and essentially – signing a death warrant from the most pa- because they were going against the most powerful empire known to man up until that point in history really i mean next to the roman empire like it was like basically it's like somebody challenging the united states right now it's like if puerto rico rose up and challenged the united states and was like we're not going to be your annex anymore and and then fought us off because maybe we're tyrannical towards them and it's like wow you know that's a bold bold move like 
you're really sacrificing a lot. But that's not the point I'm trying to get at. The point I'm trying to get at is people look at it as evil because they say, this can't be good because these guys had fault flaws and faults, meaning what everyone points to is they were slave owners. And I don't think that's necessarily correct because ideas, you can have ideas that transcend our flaws, our personal flaws as humans, where the ideas they're like like this yoga, like they're they're amoral, like they're not. I mean, or I mean, a lot of times they can be moral. The idea can be moral and pure, but the person can be tainted because we're all we're all flawed and and and, and fallen. So I don't think I think they what they put in place was a system that that led to the abolition of slavery and the emancipation of the slaves. Um, however. So an interesting fact that I heard on this podcast, I, and, and I, I want to look into this, but I trust this source because he's a really, really smart guy and no reason for it to lie, but he was talking about how in an original draft of the Declaration, it was going to be, they were going to include, Thomas Jefferson wanted to include a part about Britain installing slavery in the colonies, and that's actually how that was a bad thing. But the problem is, with that clause in there, they were not going to have the support of the southern slave-heavy states. So they had to kind of – it was kind of one of those things. You had to kind of bite the bullet and, and hear and, and understand that slavery was a part of the global culture as a, as a, in that time. And it's kind of and, – and they couldn't – and so they couldn't even include that even though, even, though, even though Thomas Jefferson owned slaves. Now when he died, his half were freed. But it, it just the, – the, the big points here are A, people are flawed and they're always going to be flawed. And so – they can present a system and an idea or a product that is good and is pure and can be to the benefit of so many people and, and have a structure. You can, you can form a, a positive, good structure, but um, – and, and that still be good going forward and people accept that and then – but you can also have some flaws. I, they, they could set up this system, which I believe is – based on principles that transcend government, transcend us individually and apply to us individually that are beyond, they're almost just saying like, these are just ideas that these guys came up with to protect their interests. And it's like, no, this is a, this is a creed and a, and a system of principles and a pr- system of virtue and beliefs that transcends these guys. And they understood that and they're trying and they're putting it in place while at the same time, I, they understood their, their, their place that, um, you know, they, that was, a, that, I think that's a fundamental flaw about them, but I don't sit here and say they're, they're so evil people because they own slaves is because I don't think everybody was necessarily evil, but I think the, the culture in the world as a whole was kind of skewed and fallen off. Right. And I don't think it was, I don't think it was right. And we eventually righted this wrong when, you know, now slavery globally is seen as, is is not okay. And it's, it's anywhere, you know, it's not implemented anywhere widely anymore. So I think as a, as a whole, as a culture, we, we have separated from that. Now, looking back on it, I don't think the fact that they had slaves all of a sudden discredits the entire fact of what they put in the Constitution and the ideals that this country was founded upon. Like, I don't think that it might taint the, the picture of history, but here's, here's a couple things. A, nobody's perfect. So when you, when, you try and, when you try and denounce them for that, you're almost saying that if someone is going to put in a system – and it's a system that we can fully accept and trust and is moral and is totally right, then, then that person has to be perfect. And that's, that's a problem there. 
because you know what? No one's ever going to be perfect and everyone's always going to have some something wrong with them. They're going to be, you know, they're going to have some deep, dark secret that, you know, makes them kind of a bad person almost. And, and so then you're always going to be dealing with reforming systems and completely overthrowing systems because if you want to totally throw out, um, if you want to totally throw out the Constitution and everything, like, which, like, some people want to do, then, son of a gun, I, I, crap, uh, I don't know what to tell you, you're going to overhaul everything every couple hundred years, and I don't think that's the right path, I don't think it's to throw everything out the window, throw the kitchen sink out the window and start over, I think you can repair, remodel, update, you know, and renew these things, and, I mean, that's what we do, that's what we have the amendments, and that, that's the system they put in place is that so we can update it and keep it going. But these, principle, these principles and these, these inalienable rights that are, that are self-evident, endowed by our creator, are something that transcend government. Like, I hate when people say the Constitution is an outdated piece of um, – like, it's outdated. The principles are outdated. It's like ideas transcend time and place. Like – It's, I mean, for one, you can look at, so, not to get religious, but just for historical, look at the Ten Commandments, right? It says don't murder. Are you going to say that's outdated? No, I'm not going to sit here and say there aren't things that kind of don't apply to today's culture. They don't, but you can't just blanket statements like that don't work because there are things in there that have been true before then and will always forever remain true and aren't, aren't time-stamped. They're not time-stamped. They're not relegated by that they're not regulated by that they're not constrained to oh this was written in this time and place so it only applies to then it's different now no i don't i don't think morals in the big picture change like that over time but um kind of back to the point at hand is that's just another example of you you separate the creator from the creation right somebody who is fundamentally flawed because we all are we all have our flaws they can create something good and and right, and something that's going to set other people up for success, whilst themselves, they can have a couple bad things about them. Now, I'm not sitting here downplaying Bikram's thing or anything like that. Dude's a bad guy, awful guy. I hate people that, like, like rapists and sexual predators are some of the worst people um, on the planet. I think they're the lowest of the low. But um, I think what I'm trying to say is not to overreact to these things, but to but to stop and just read the situation, right? And actually break it down. Because a lot of times we get so emotional in this sense because, like, be like, oh, the Founding Fathers owned slaves. That was the first time you heard it. Be like, oh, my gosh, what? And you start to question everything. And it puts doubt in everything. And emotions, the, it's funny how we work with emotions is they'll just take off like, a, like I mean, just a rocket into space. Like, one, like straight to the moon. And next thing you know, we, you know we're, we're looking at all these crazies and our mind will just take something and sprint with it. And it's like, that's why we have... Whoops, sorry if that messed with the mic, just dropped the phone. That's why we have kind of different parts of us, right? You have the emotional side, you kind of have the logical side. So the emotional side, because it's good to be, because um, emotion helps empathy, sympathy, compassion, um, all these things. Love, I mean, very important emotions. It, it is important to acknowledge that side, but then it's a check and balance system, meaning the logical side will check that side and then the emotions can check the logical side. And, and I think it's important to you, you pull on those reins from the logical side and just say, all right, hold on, let's look at the situation. Like, I mean, another quick example would be, I, I, think, I think the boycott against Chick-fil-A is ridiculous. Calling it homophobic is ridiculous. It's not, 
it's not, um, <laughs> crap, what was I going to say? It's not, dadgummit, <laughs> sorry, I just glanced at a text message, it totally threw me for a loop, but it's not, um, oh yeah, it's not homophobic. Chick-fil-A, they serve anybody and everybody. They're not prejudiced against anything. It's not like it's posted on the windows like we think homosexuality is a sin or anything like that. It is a private view of the owners and founders. They hold, they are Christians. And part of the reason why the Chick-fil-A is not open on Sundays. And they, and they believe that, their belief is that homosexuality is a sin. And so thus, they're not for homosexual marriage. And now, I don't see them protesting or or making bigoted like statements or hate statements, I guarantee you they love every single person the same because they believe they're all God's children and we are all loved by him. And we all have our faults and our sins and we're all fallen. So we, one cannot judge another person. That's just what they believe based upon their beliefs. But they don't insert that into their business. So they're actually doing the separation early. They're separating the business from the personal there in a lot of ways. Now, you have to think about, okay, if... If they were to insert those, those what some people would call prejudice or bigoted beliefs into the business side of things, then you're looking at a situation where I say absolutely boycott, like get rid of them, you should go out of business, you're terrible people, right? So in the sense of like the easiest one is say it's you know against a certain race. You won't let a certain race eat at your restaurant. That I think that's totally wrong. Just because they're that race. I think that's totally wrong. I think you should be shut down. I think there's laws preventing that, which I'm... I think were necessary at the time, but I'm a fan of letting the, the market fix it. Like, so... And we see that in today's social media day and age. If something is wrong, like, if, if somewhere is like that, like, say... Say it's some restaurant owner wouldn't didn't like someone because they're racist and didn't serve them. What's going to happen? You're going to have 14 people videoing it. They're going to be screaming about it. It's going to go all over the news. And the next thing you know, that restaurant owner is either going to have to bite the bullet and start serving people, issue an apology and all that stuff. But more than likely, people are going to stop going to that restaurant and then he's going to shut down and lose all business. So it's like a – and that is the power of the market, the free market, is if you don't like what someone's doing, let them, let them know that – you uh, you need to let everybody know that like look this person's wrong, and and then people find out and then people band together because people want to be right and good and they'll say sorry see ya so just a, just an interesting thought that I think we're dealing with a lot nowadays when people are quick to jump to to boycotting because one one you know one person was bad or whatever or or, or has this mistake about them and I, and I think this is very important that we understand. That I'm an op- I'm an optimist, but a realist. So I understand that we're never going to reach a perfect utopia. We're not going to have perfect people, perfect person. Everyone's going to have their flaws. I hope that the flaws are relatively minor in the sense of I don't want it to be the creator of a video game. You know, someone putting out a product and then them raping people or being a sexual predator or, or touching a little boy. Like I don't want that. Please, that is awful. That's so bad. You know, I'd rather it just be like. Uh, I'm not going to get picky and choosy and play the hypothetical game here. It's, that's messy in a sticky situation. But, well, um, you know, what, what I'm saying is that I understand there's, there, you're not going to be a perfection or a utopia. You're just going to have the best good because we're all flawed as humans. We have human nature. It is the flaw. It's always a common denominator in these problems, right? Like the yoga wasn't bad. The, 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 the founding of our country is by no means bad. It, but the people involved in that. Hey, what's up? 
Sorry about that uh, weird break right there in the audio. Um, I had uh, my family came in the door, and unexpectedly, I guess I was talking for longer than I realized. But what I was trying to say was, it's it's the, the flaws are in the people and the humans, but the ideals remain more or less pure in their sense. So that's really what I'm trying to get out of here with today is um, that it's not always just because the person is bad doesn't mean, or the creator is bad doesn't mean the creation is then bad because the person has done something bad. Now that doesn't, you know, that's not just universal by any means. I think everything, most things you need to look at on a situation, a situation basis and judge them individually for that. So uh, before I get out of here, funny story of the day was eating dinner and we're sitting there and my, and my dad is taking a survey and he goes he goes why is why why is what spelled with an h and he goes you know why is why are there two ways to spell what and my mom and I just look at each other and say wait we say hold on what do you two ways to spell he goes yeah w h a t w a t my mom goes that's not a word <laughs> And he goes, oh, oh, I meant was. I meant was. Oh, so we just dial out. <laughs> and I meant was. Um, and I don't even know where this came from. And then he's like, well, why do you spell what with an H? Why is up with all these words? And he's just taking this survey from McAllister's to try and get $3 off his next meal. And it was a whole process. He was real frustrated. So we talked about how it came from the old English and there's, there's silent letters that we, we stopped pronouncing them, but we didn't take the letters out because we're stupid. But uh, <laughs> that's a little funny blurb of the day. The little funny story. So I uh, hope everyone has a great Monday. I saw they did just announce the Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh. I really don't know a whole bunch about this issue. I know people are freaking out. There's tons of protesters. Um, I also saw something about a salute to abortion by some comedian. Um... Me personally, yeah, I'm not okay with that. I, I, I don't think that's... I don't think abortion is something to be taken lightly. Um, not saying you can't make a, a joke about it. Because I still fall under the realm of... You can make a joke about anything as long as you understand it's a joke, right? And maybe that's what this is. But... I don't know. It's a sticky situation. I'm not sure I feel about it. I'll probably end up talking about it tomorrow. But nonetheless... This was the Daily Ramble. Sorry about these we, this weird cut that you're going to see from the second segment to this segment. But uh, things just kind of happened by surprise. I had to take a pause break, so I'm recording this a couple hours later now. But I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Uh, we'll see you. Viking out.